right, welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, we are talking about The Royal Hotel, the new film from Kitty Green, starring Julia Garner and Jessica Henwick as two women who take up a job in the middle of nowhere in Australia at a bar and... uh Things get a little bit tense, let's just say. Uh, we have a fun conversation coming up. Lots of great puzzle pieces to get into with Megan Kearns from Spoiler Piece Theater. We get into a lot of really good stuff on this one. So that is coming up here in a second. Before we get to it, of course, I got to remind you, as always, to make sure you are subscribed to Piecing It Together wherever you listen to podcasts. You can follow us on social media at PiecingPod and join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show. Uh, Aside from that, you know, I do have a bunch of advanced episodes on the Patreon, the Produced by David Rosen Patreon, where I post bonus and advanced content from Piecing It Together, Awesome Movie Year, and from my music career. Lots of stuff over there, so check that out if you want to support the show in that way. But of course, I'm just happy to have you all out there listening as well. So thank you for being out there and listening. Um, I will be announcing another live show soon, so keep an eye out for that, uh, but, you know, aside from that, that's all the announcements I got for today. Let's just get into this conversation, because we got a lot of puzzle pieces to get into. All right, we're going to talk about the Royal Hotel, and we've got Megan Kearns here from Spoiler Piece Theater. Megan, thanks so much for being here. Hi, thank you so much for having me back. Yeah, absolutely. I, I gotta say, this movie... It came completely out of nowhere for me. I didn't know anything about this going in. I had seen like three tweets that were like, this movie is awesome. And and I I was like, I I guess maybe I'll go see it. I hadn't seen a trailer. I didn't even know until the opening credits that it was Kitty Green. Oh, wow. uh, Yeah, which I loved The Assistant a few years ago. I mean, loved is a strange word to use with that movie, but you know what I mean? No, I love it too. I love (laughs) it too. But I hear you. I know what you mean because it's an awful experience watching it. (laughs) For sure. For sure. So, uh, yeah, once I got in, I was like, oh, wow, this is this is great. You know, great performances, you know, great story. And so mm-hmm. when I got home, I was like, I, I got to cover this one. So I'm, I'm happy you stepped up and we're down to do this. Uh, what, what was your experience? Because like I said, I, I saw nothing about this. Were you aware this was on the way? I was. <laughs> you were. Okay. I, I mean, I keep I get a lot of press. Uh, information like about films coming out and I keep Mm -hmm. track all year long of what's coming and I was such a fan of Kitty Green and the assistant as well but I was like what is she going to do next what is she going to do next so it was on my radar so I I did so I was very very eager to see it Um, I I gotta check my junk mail uh, messages maybe that's what's going on here (laughs) no but you're you're not wrong there was like I said there's there's there was not a lot of buzz about it There were Mm -hmm. not a lot of trailers. There was not a lot of information leading up to it. So it's unfortunate because it is a really, really fantastic film. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're we're in a weird time for uh, movie promotion. Uh, You know, some movies, they just... They just come out and then yes. they're gone. And I mean, this is still in theaters at the time that we're recording. I don't know exactly when it's going to be hitting home. We'll see how it does as it you know continues its rollout. But uh, yeah, it, it's just a weird time all around. But you know, w- with all that said, though, we might as well just start jumping into Royal Hotel and what we've got for puzzle pieces. What do you have for your first one? All right. Well, th- so I had trouble with some of the puzzle pieces, but then also easy. So. Th- 
which sounds very contradictory. But the first <laughs> one, I think, is probably the easiest one, which is Hotel Coolgardi, which is a 2016 documentary that Kitty Green saw and was inspired to make a fictionalized film about that experience, about two either Finnish or Scandinavian women who went to the Australian Outback and became bartenders. And so it was the same premise, and she wanted to explore that. Interesting. So, see, I did not even know about this. So this oh. is a documentary, uh, 2016. I, I, yes. Okay, yeah, I just brought it up, 2016. So this is, like, kind of a roughly based on an actual thing then. Yes. Yeah, That's it says interesting. That the, very, the very end credits say that it's loosely based or based on actual events. But, of right. course, you know, things are changed. Interesting. Okay, so now now I'm going to have to seek out this documentary because that does sound like really interesting and what a uh what a crazy experience to happen right? but i mean yeah that that is wild i i, I love that you brought that one up and i'm really oh, <laughs> really interested to see that now so great great piece to uh to kick it off with I, my pieces also they're kind of all over the place they range from like the straightforward <laughs> yes. like like yeah it's a feminist film so let's you know talk about some of that but right. like to also some like kind of out there about more of like the uh I don't know, the rawness and the tense tenseness of yes. the film and all that. Yes. I'm going to start off with one of those, which uh, a little bit out there maybe, but I'm going to go with Green Room. Yes! Uh, the Green Room is a fantastic movie about a punk yes. band who goes to play a show and it turns out to be at this Nazi bar and they can't escape this bar. Mm-hmm. And... I'm not saying that all uh, Australian drunken, filthy minor people are like Nazis necessarily, but they're very scary. Uh, they're a scary bunch. And if you can't get away, if you're in the middle of nowhere, there's no way out and they're all just shit faced loaded and uh, yeah. there's no controlling them whatsoever. You could kind of see the comparison here of where Green Room and the Royal Hotel kind of leave you in that stuck struggling around these just very scary people. Oh, a hundred percent. As soon as you said Green Room, I'm mad I didn't think of it because that is such a claustrophobic film. A great use of space. So tense. Yeah. No, I definitely see the comparisons, even though on the surface, it seems very, very out there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, what do you got for your next piece? Well, I feel like I'm cheating, but I we already talked about it, so I won't talk about it at length. But I feel like The Assistant Kitty mm-hmm. Green's first narrative film. Like, we have to talk about that because it's also a film that is extremely subtle, but extremely powerful with a riveting lead performance by Julia Garner. And it's exploring sexual harassment and sexism in the workplace and doing it in a really more subtle way than a lot of, lot of films do. And Kitty Green, in an interview with the LA Times, said that she thematically thinks of these as two linked films. So, yeah. No, I, I, I think that that makes total sense too. Like, I mean, it's not like this is a conversation we're done having, you know, no, of course <laughs> so not, not <laughs> exactly. by a long shot. And so, uh, the assistant and this being part of like an unofficial continuation, like it definitely makes sense. And, uh, you know, we've seen a lot of these kinds of, uh, you know, feminist, like kind of screams in a way, I think is the way I put it in my my letterbox review, but like, you know, just like an anger about everything that's been going on. And yes. uh, the assistant is one of the best of the bunch for sure. And uh, the Royal Hotel absolutely follows that up really well. So uh, yeah, I, I think it definitely deserves a place on this list for sure. Even if it's the same director, it totally fits. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, we're, we're on the eve of a new Scorsese film. 
So I'm going to go with Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore. Ah. Um, one of his best, like, non action or epic or gangster or whatever you want to you know say kind of movies uh starring ellen burston as a woman who along with her uh her kid is uh kind of like trying to get away and start over and ends up working in this this bar and you know has to deal with the people that work at the bar people who just kind of hang around the bar and uh the these two girls like they're on vacation but really and we don't get a lot of the background of like what set them on their journey to go out to Australia. But we do know that they're kind of trying to get away from it all and away from yes. a lot of shit that's been going on back at home. And so the idea of uh, this woman in Alice doesn't live here anymore. Also like just trying to get away from something and kind of starting over and that takes her to a bar. And then that bar ends up being filled with both the good and the bad, but mostly mm -hmm. there's a lot of bad, but, uh, you know, yeah, it's all kind of centers around that. So, uh, yeah, Alice doesn't live here anymore. My next piece. That's a great one. And so I had another one that I was going to wait, but I feel like it fits in this theme. So I'm going with it, too. I also was reminded, again, of the, well, not so much a bar, but a restaurant. I was reminded of um, Support the Girls, 2018, Andrew mm. um Bujalski film starring Regina Hall and Haley R Lou Richardson, where they're food servers at a sports bar. And there's a lot of, you know, bros and toxic masculinity, very similar sure. to this environment. But it's also, a, even though it's a comedy, it's very deft exploration of the kinds of insidious sexism from the customers, but also from the behind the scenes of, of the boss that these women face and how Regina Hall's trying to shield the other women servers from. The sexism and doesn't always succeed and yeah and it also features a really great scene with a primal scream literally so. <laughs> <laughs> nice nice yeah i actually haven't seen support the girls i i've heard great oh, things great. about it yeah I, i'm gonna have to get to that one of these days uh but everything i've heard of it and the way you just described it i mean it, it sounds like a perfect fit here and yeah <laughs> it has the primal screen so absolutely <laughs> um great one there uh, I will go with It Comes at Night. I already brought up Ooh. an A24 film, another one. Uh, this is a, it's a weird one from Trey Edward Schultz. Uh, it, it's a horror-ish film because quite frankly, not a lot happens in it. Um, but, you know, it it's just has this constant feeling of dread whenever yes. other people are around. Like, human beings are the fear. They are the scariness. They are the awfulness. And and that was one of the things about the Royal Hotel that uh, I kind of liked. Uh, it was just like, <laughs> just this kind of feeling of like, God, people are the worst, aren't they? And, yes. uh, you know, they, that'll kind of factor into another one of my pieces too. But, you know, they're both movies where, granted, not a lot happens from scene to scene, but they're both movies where the the uh, the dread is palpable, the feeling that something could happen at any moment, and it never lets up on that. And yes. then when things do, you know, hit the fan, like it's like you knew it was coming, but it's not quite the way you expected it to happen. Mm -hmm. uh, they both do a really great job of subverting that expectation of what the fear, what the scare of the situation actually is, and uh, it's a, it's a really great interesting movie uh and i think kind of gets that same kind of vibe here totally i i love that film i think it's great and i think trey edward schultz is fantastic at mm. kind of horror level tension because Cresha, his first film Ooh, is one of the yeah. most horrifying intense films i've ever seen and there is no 
horror in it. Yeah. So, agreed, agreed. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. What do you got next? Okay, well, speaking of horror, my next film, also with very palpable tension and a great unnerving, uneasy atmosphere, is Chloe Okuno's 2022 film Watcher, starring Micah Monroe. And sure. it is great. It explores a woman's unease about her environment, always looking over her shoulder, thinking she's being stalked, being gaslighted by the men around mm. her, that she's just imagining things. And yeah, it's such a really tense level of dread and atmosphere that is just superb. Yeah, no, that's a great one. I hadn't thought of that, but that's a that's a really good one. And yeah, all these characters, even the ones that are like kind of on these two girls' side, like Hugo Weaving's character or yep. uh, Ursula Jovic, uh, the, the the two that kind of run the bar. Like mm -hmm. even they seem good, but you really don't know for sure. Right. Even Toby Wallace is like nice but threatening. Like you know, at the same time, like it, it's really there's just a constant unease of just not knowing anything. Like there's no way to be sure about anyone, and so. Uh, yeah, Watcher definitely gets into that as well. So that's a great one to include there. Thank you. Um, I might as well get my other negative one out of the way. Uh, and I'm going to go with Darren Aronofsky's <laughs> Mother. Uh, oh, which, yes! <laughs> which I, one of my favorite movies of the last 10 years. Uh, now, me don't too. get me wrong. Oh, it's so good. It's so freaking so good. good. The Royal Hotel is no doubt a, a feminist film, like no question. Um, but it, it it's also, like I was saying, like it's, people are kind of just scary people are, like if you don't know them you don't want them around you don't want them in your house you don't want them in the place <laughs> where you live it doesn't matter who they are and m nothing captures that quite like mother the idea of all these people just like coming and going as they please and just how icky that is and these girls yeah. they live in this bar and they really kind of can't help that these guys show up drunk and start banging on the door like that's where they go to drink it's like the only place for miles like they're just constantly in and out also you have like the kind of uh the structure of the story of like the rise and fall rise and fall of like it's nighttime so everyone is in your your home basically yes. their home it's the bar so everyone's in there making a ruckus they're drunk they're awful they're loud they're gross and then they're gone and it's just quietness and stillness and then they're back and it's grossness and disgusting again very much like mother all that rowdiness and ickiness and uh yeah it's just uh, <laughs> no movie captures that so well as mother does but this one is uh, kind of in that same vein for sure Oh, I'm so glad you brought up Mother because I don't think Mother is talked about enough. And I actually think Mother is a very interesting feminist film as well mm -hmm. in its own right. Um, but yeah, oh, such a great film. Great, great pick. Yeah. Unconventional pick, but great one. Mother is one of those movies that's packed with so many different like readings. And yes. I think you can go full on feminist with it. You can go, totally. of course, the religion aspects, but yep. like there's other ways too. And uh, yeah, that, it's, it's the best. It's a great movie. And uh, yeah, what do you have for your next pick? Okay, my next pick is, this is one of my favorite films of the past few years, is Julian Higgins's God's Country, starring Tandy Way Newton, that came out in 2022. And this is, I think this is a career best performance from Tandy Way Newton, and it's a neo-Western. She is a professor who has gone to her mother's home after her mother passes away, and so the film explores grief. But it also explores her tension with these two guys who want to hunt near her land and they want to walk on her land to get to the hunting grounds. And she says, no, you can't. And such a simple 
exchange, simple gesture, just it's a slow burn and just ignites a volatile blend of sexism and racism. And uh, it's just but this is such a nail biting film, but it's so subtle and so restrained. And it just it reminded me of a lot of the restraint that's happening in the Royal Hotel that you don't know what's going to happen in certain situations you can kind of read as like oh no that's menacing but is it like you know and it's you start to question yourself and this god's country very much has scenes like that too like oh are they threatening her maybe not maybe they are like so yeah very much similar themes yeah there's a lot of culture clash here as well so it's like are they are they are they just having a laugh these guys you know like it's really hard to say and yeah it's uncomfortable as hell no matter what but uh it's really hard to tell what is and what isn't an outright threat and so that uh again adds to that whole constant dread of just uh really not knowing what could possibly go down at any moment so uh yeah great one for sure i I love that um i'm gonna go with quentin tarantino's death proof um Ah! (laughs) you know a couple of girls in a bar uh you know there's a lot of really fun dialogue between them and them and the other people at the bar and you just know violence is on its way at any moment there's just no way it wouldn't happen you know there's gotta be violence eventually and you know tarantino definitely takes his time getting to it with death proof but uh Mm -hmm. here it's also kind of you know it's a slow burn and uh it's more about that setting and kind of keeping that level of heightened, um, you know, your your attention to everything that could possibly be happening. You just mentioned it with God's Country as well. There's always something that could be the thing that's going to pop off. And yes. you never are quite sure what it is. And uh, Death Proof is a, another great example of a movie that does that really well. I agree. Death Proof is great. And that's so funny because... One of my picks was also a Tarantino film, but a different Tarantino okay. film. Yeah, I I went with um, The Hateful Eight because okay. you're trapped. It's, it's a Western and yeah. very much the Royal Hotel very because of the Outback setting gave me kind of Western vibes and kind of the two young women against the town, essentially, kind of unofficially. But uh, yeah, being trapped in a bar setting with a bunch of murders and you don't know what's going to happen. It very much kind of gave me the same vibes, but I think death proof is, I think that's a better pick, um, hey, but it I, is funny I like, that we both saw that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I like the hateful eight as an example too. I mean, it, oh, good. <laughs> it, it really, it really works. You know, that setting mm-hmm. is absolutely like, you know, there's no getting out of there, you know, right. they're, they're just going to have to wait, you know, and mm-hmm. they're going to have to deal with it. So uh, exactly. it's, you know, it's exactly that. So, yeah, great one. Um, oh, thanks. <laughs> I will go with, uh, so I have a couple others, but they all kind of deal with the same thing. So I think I'm going to combine them and make it my last uh, puzzle piece uh, because they all deal with that taking a job in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. and knowing it's going to be shitty, but it's even worse than like kind of what you expected. <laughs> uh, and so I'm, I'm going to go with uh, The Shining. Um, Ooh, also, also yes. alien yes also the thing just throw them all in there together three movies completely different genres but movies that you know you're stuck you're on a job you yeah. probably shouldn't have taken that job but you did anyway and now there's no getting out of it you gotta wait until it's over even though it's gonna be a bad time for everyone <laughs> involved um th- this is kind of the thing that makes the royal hotel a 
fun movie, even though it's so, it's dark, it's dealing with very heavy subject matter, it's threatening in a way, mm-hmm. like it, you know, it, it makes it fun because these kind of genre aspects of it uh, are always kind of a fun thing to deal with in movies. Anytime you're dealing with people stuck in a situation they kind of can't get out of, it, it tends to lead to a movie that is intense and that you're just kind of on the edge of your seat for the whole time. And those three movies are really great examples of that. Totally. The Thing was one of my puzzle pieces, too. So I love nice. Yeah, because of the isolation, because of not being able to trust anyone. Yeah, no, totally. That I completely agree with. But all three of those are great picks. Fantastic. Fantastic. So you had The Thing on your list. Do you have any others that you wanted to bring up? Oh, my God. I do. I actually have a lot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I let's, went let's brainstorm boom. wild. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, yes, I do have other ones. Uh, speaking of genre, I also have 10 Cloverfield Lane, Ooh, um, yeah. the 2016 sci-fi film, because, uh, again, it's focusing on a woman who's trapped and confined and, you know, Mary Elizabeth Winstead with John Goodman. And John Goodman kind of seems helpful and seems nice at sure. first, even though he's weird and creepy. And yeah, that but there's still that level of unease throughout the entire film that's just very palpable. So yeah, I very much was thinking of that film. You know, Ten Cloverfield Lane is one of my like favorite movies of the last ten years. But uh, this is the second time in a row a guest brought it up, and I didn't think of it. On uh, <laughs> No One Will Save You, my guest yes. brought it up. So I'm yes. like, man, I'm slipping. I need to uh, think of that. I maybe I need to rewatch it soon. I know, right? I I don't know why, but that's a movie that sticks with me and I think about quite frequently. So <laughs> so good. So good. So, so good. So good. Um, and then there's some other films that Kitty Green, again, in this LA Times article, talked about because she talked about the, the horror elements and how she wanted to subvert genre conventions because she doesn't want to ever do a straight horror, which I think is a is a shame because I think she would be excellent as a horror director. But if she keeps yeah. in like inverting and infusing her films with horror elements, I'm okay with that. Um, But she talked about her inspirations and she talked about the 1971 Australian new wave film Wake and Fright uh, about a school teacher who's stranded in the outback in Australia. She also talked about Wolf Creek, another Australian horror film, you know, about backpackers taken captive by a sadistic killer. I thought about that one, but I've never actually seen it. But (laughs) that's why I didn't put it down. Yeah, (laughs) that's totally fair. I haven't either. Um, but then I was like, oh, I need to see these. <laughs> yeah. She's she's creating a watch list here. Um, and then she also talked about straw dogs. And mm, but she sure. didn't want to show the graphic violence and rape that that film does. But she was inspired by that kind of mounting tension and being harassed and and so on. So, yeah. And then she also talked about Thelma and Louise. Um, and which I think is, yeah, right. Like I was like, oh my God, I didn't even think of that. And that's such a great, you know, women buddy road trip film, but also really deftly explores women's agency and sexism and rape culture in a really great way. That could be a great inspiration for, uh, the Royal Hotel too, as they're, you know, making their way out. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that ending. So good. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And then I also, I mean, and of course I thought of bartending movies, um, you know, not that they really fit, but I did think of like Cocktail and Roadhouse. Um, But then my, I would say my last piece is also very similar to Support the Girls, but in a very different way. The stoner comedy, it's Augustine Frizzell's Never Going Back, um, which is a film I really, really enjoy uh, about two best friends who are servers and (laughs) hijinks ensue as they're trying to make their way to a Galveston 
beach vacation. And it just kind of reminded me in a very different way. Like if you took that same film, but put it in the Royal Hotel, like, like they're kind of two pieces, but one is like, oh, look at this wacky thing that happened. Isn't that yeah. silly and wild? And then you look at the Royal Hotel and it's like, oh my God, I don't know if I can handle this tension that I'm yeah. feeling. It's so anxiety inducing. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. The girls are never going back. Like they wouldn't even notice what's going on. Like, no! at that <laughs> <laughs> just be like, oh, this is cool, I guess. Yeah. Whatever. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a great one. That's, that's so much that fun. Film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will read down our list of all the puzzle pieces we just talked about, and then we'll get into some closing thoughts here. Uh, we talked about Hotel Coolgardi, uh, Green Room, The Assistant, Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore, Support the Girls, It Comes at Night, Watcher, Mother, God's Country, Death Proof, The Hateful Eight, Alien, The Thing, The Shining, Ten Cloverfield Lane, Wake and Fright. Wolf Creek, Straw Dogs, Thelma and Louise, Cocktail, and Roadhouse, and Never Going Back. Lots and lots of great stuff from, you know, feminist things, of course, but also just very tense movies about people stuck in locations that are kind of remote and creepy. Um, you know, th there's a lot of different things going on there, and it uh, really, you know, I think really makes for some interesting pieces here. Um, are there any, uh, any closing thoughts, anything we didn't quite get into that you wanted to mention? Just that this is such an excellent film, and I really hope more people see it. I mean, the performances are so good. Julia Garner is, I know so many people know her from Ozark and her very kind of over-the-top performance, which I love her as Ruth. She's great. But yeah. I love seeing her in much more subtle and restrained performances. And this very much is that, like, just watching her facial expressions and her body language, she is so clearly rigid and uncomfortable right from the start and without even saying a word. And But I also think Jessica Henwick is really great, too. And the way they handle the difficulties is really fascinating that Jessica Henwick kind of wants to, you know, be like, no, it's fine. It's fine. And brush it off and just have fun. Whereas Julia Garner is like, no, we need to get the hell out of here. Like, no, yeah. we can't put up with this. Um, but I just I think this is such a sharply crafted film. I think it's so taut, so well paced. And I think it's just a really fascinating film that really delves into Unfortunately, a lot of everyday situations that women um, and non-binary people face, but isn't often talked about or is kind of brushed under the rug, like, oh, it's just guys being guys or whatever. And so I think that there's a lot of deep things that this film is talking about and examining, but in a really, really riveting and captivating way. I just, uh, I love this film so much. I think it's spectacular. Absolutely. Um, I'll just add to what you were just saying about uh, the difference in the way uh, Julia Garner and Jessica Henwick's characters like kind of relate to the situation they've gotten themselves into here. Um, you know, obviously, there's a wide spectrum of ways that somebody would, uh, you know, deal with these situations, but showing two very different versions of that in the same film this way and it like fits really well that one of them would kind of react one way, one of them would re react the other way. And the only reason, you know, they're able to survive is because they do have each other because otherwise yes. it would just be too much. Like it, it's really cool. And then also I would, I would mention, um, you know, all those supporting characters, Hugo Weaving, I mentioned already, Toby Wallace, like they all give those performances that seem on the surface, just like, 
I don't know, drunk people, basically drunk outback mm-hmm. people, you know, but like <laughs> it adds to that, that whole thing of just not knowing what the hell, the, just disorienting weirdness of this situation. Yes. And uh, so, yeah, lots of great performances all around. Uh, great movie. I, I think that does it for the Royal Hotel. Is there another movie you watched recently you'd like to recommend to our listeners? Oh, goodness. There's so many good ones. Um, <laughs> well, I just came off of seeing Killers of the Flower Moon, so I would recommend that because that is an incredible film with an amazing, riveting performance by Lily Gladstone, who is just phenomenal. So I would say that film. I can't wait. I am so excited to see it. And uh, yeah, absolutely. Megan, tell people where they can find you and the podcast. Yes, you can follow me on Twitter at OpinionSWorld, also on Instagram at and Letterboxd at the OpinionS. You can find me at Spoiler Peace Theater. I host that weekly, um, SpoilerPeace.com, and at Spoiler Peace at all of our social media platforms. And I'm also the co-host of the limited series podcast, The Slashers. You can find me there, too. Awesome. Well, Megan, thank you so much for coming back on the show, and maybe we'll get you back again sometime. I would love that. Thanks so much for having me. I'm Josh Bell. And I'm Jason Harrison. We co-host a podcast called Awesome Movie Year. Each season, we take a look back at an awesome year for movies, which is every year. We deep dive into these specific years and we pick out why they were such great years for films. We go over the biggest hits, the biggest flops, the best pictures, some personal picks, some cult classics. Years we've covered in past seasons include 1994, 2003, 1977, and 1984, and we've got all of film history to look forward to. So check us out at awesomemovieyear.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation about the Royal Hotel. Thank you to Megan Kearns for joining me on that one, and thank you to all of you for listening Of course, I got to remind you again that if you are not already subscribed to Piecing It Together, make sure you're subscribed so you'll find out about all the new episodes as they come out. And while you're at it, if you're enjoying the show, make sure to drop a little five-star rating and review. It would be very helpful, and I would really appreciate it. You can also share the show. Follow us on social media at PiecingPod. Join my Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces. Check out the Patreon. I told you about it at the top of the show. Lots of stuff to check out. I'm also going to really be building up my mailing list in the coming weeks and months. I have a lot I want to do with that. Uh, So you could check that out as well. And uh, yeah, you know, otherwise, just thank you for being out there listening. I uh, am still loving doing the show. And we've got more live shows on the way. A lot of really fun special episodes on the way. Lots of really cool stuff. So thank you for being out there. Let's close this out with a piece of music like I always do. And, uh, you know, the Royal Hotel being a very tense, claustrophobic film, um, I'm going to go with a piece from the film score that I just released, just in time for the Halloween season. It's a horror film called Blind Malice, and this is a score I composed last year, and I'm really happy to release this one. It's uh, I think also gets into a lot of that really tense, claustrophobic vibes, And uh, just, you know, a perfect little addition for your Halloween playlists. But I'm going to play a track from this score. It's called Never Saw It Coming. And I hope you enjoy it. Make sure to add this to your Halloween playlists, everybody. We'll be back with more Piecing It Together real soon.
an All Points West production, produced by David Rosen in Las Vegas.